0: Welcome to episode 1198 of The Sleeper in the Bus. I am Justin Mason, joined, as always, on Sundays by Jason Collette. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. I mean, it's Fred McGriff Hall
1: of Fame day. Uh, long overdue for him to get in there. Been a long-time Fred McGriff fan, so I am very happy uh, that he is finally going in. Uh, not even sure what which one of his 11 hats he would wear. Uh, it should be the Tom Amansky hat, let's be real. Uh, But I'm just happy that uh, Fred McGregor is finally in the Hall of Fame. And I'm trying to focus on the positive news and not look at my favorite team losing their big lead. And then worried about my own fantasy teams uh, because I'm first or second in five different leagues this year. Uh, First in three of them. And within, uh, let's see, it depends on the day uh, in XFL if I'm first or second between myself and the team that Ian Conn and Steve Gardner run uh and then i am had no chance in winning uh the arizona speaker league because uh ray murphy's got a pretty like a 13 point lead and i don't think i can make that up uh but i'm trying to hold on second there so uh i'm just trying to look at my uh you know look at my fantasy um uh, perspectives and be like oh god please don't blow these and i know you were <laughs> in the same boat last year so it's i need the season to wrap up in a hurry so i could be like cool look how good of a year i had
0: yeah I you and I were talking about this before uh, going live and yeah I mean last year entering July, I was in first place in my main event. I was you know it was really competitive in a lot of teams and everything fell apart. and so I'm my teams are very, very competitive this year as well and I'm very excited because last year was such a disastrous year for me at the same time. I know what can go wrong. And this yeah. is why we need to be, like, vigilant right now, right? I know a lot yep. of people are starting to transition over to football. Our numbers drop off. You know, they're pretty much cut in half at this point in the year in terms of, like, how many people are listening. But that just means that those of you who are listening are going to continue to grind out your leagues, continue to make uh, headway. If you are struggling in your leagues, like, this is a time where you can jump over people. So uh, Exactly. exactly. I mean, this yeah. is, this happens People make they start focusing on. This is why I
1: don't worry about my. I am in two fantasy football leagues too, Mm -hmm. and I don't even look at that stuff until like the night before. I literally like okay, my draft Saturday, Friday night. What do I need to do? I punch in the settings into the RotoWire draft software, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to the draft, Uh, and so it works for me. I won one of those leagues last year, and I'm in a league with a bunch of. Fantasy football writers, guys that do this for a living or most of their, uh, uh, you know, more than I write baseball. Uh, and I won that league last year because I, I was able to keep Josh Allen. And then I took Travis Kelsey in the first round. This is a two-keeper league. So it's like, if I can do it, y'all can do it. Ignore football as long as you possibly freaking can. Just ignore it. Because uh, you can make up some nice ground this time. You have people are, like, not paying attention to fab. they like, oh, I'm in I'm a draft all oh, crap. I forgot to put in my picks. Go just... Keep grinding it out every single week. Look at the matchups and you can make up some
0: ground. Try not to talk with my hands. and hit the mic. You can make up some ground. (laughs) Well, and speaking of fab, we are going to talk about fab today. And this is the time of year where people start running out of fab. And so (laughs) if you still have fab left, uh, you can definitely put the hurt. And this is an interesting week. It's not necessarily a really deep week in terms of uh, fab talent, but there are some pretty big impact guys. So, Let's, uh, let's jump into some news and notes before we start covering, Fab. Uh, Corey Seager hits the IL again, uh, this time with a thumb injury. It does not appear to be serious. The MRI, the MRI results came back uh, clean that there's no structural damage. It seems like it's going to be a minimum stay. Any worries on Corey Seager moving forward?
1: Yes, the MRI, the, the the fact that the MRI results came back positive is good because w- when it's a thumb injury, you worry about a UCL uh, injury in the thumb, mm-hmm. and that could delay things. It's not. Uh, I would say the fantasy impact here is that if you are looking for you know speed, Travis uh, Travis Jankowski should see uh, a push in the playing time uh, for this, and Ezekiel Duran would now just become the uh, full time shortstop while while uh, Seeger's out and like but today today Josh Smith is actually starting Josh Smith has one start I think when the Rangers and Rays were playing earlier this week they made a mention on the broadcast that Josh Smith had one at bat in the last 6 weeks it's like how do you stay sharp on a major league roster like that but that's that's how loaded the Rangers roster is so Brad Miller and Josh Smith are both in today's lineup uh, and I forgot Brad Miller was still in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be real; he just hasn't played. Uh, and so those two guys are in. But I would say Travis uh, Jankowski, if you're one of the guys, if you're trying to find steals, this would be a good week to pick them up. Uh, to say, okay, hey, let's get, let's see what's happening. They've got Houston for three games, then they got the Padres uh, for the weekend. Uh, so it's a six game week, and you could, you should see Jankowski in there for all of the righties. And then Robbie Grossman's probably the other side of that, so that's how I see it impacting. And Jankowski should probably hit high in the lineup, although Duran could certainly hit up there as well. I'm just looking at where guys have hit, and Jankowski's hit second or seventh um, each of the last five days, uh, and Duran has hit sixth or eighth. So I would say that top of the lineup spot is going to be Jankowski's.
0: Yeah, I also wonder too, like how, like what the Rangers are going to do at the trade deadline. They've been. A very active team in terms of free agency in recent years. So you got to wonder if they're going to try to make a big push here at the trade deadline, maybe add an outfielder, Tyler O'Neill potentially, maybe they look to one of these uh, pitching needy teams uh, that uh, could use one of their extra starters and, and kind of swap a, uh, um, a hitter. I, you know, I'd be really interested because there are a lot of teams that need pitching and and Texas does have a fair amount of pitching. Here's a general statement I will have. Like, what is anybody going
1: to do with the trade deadline? We are eight days from the trade deadline, yep. and we have two deals. We've had uh, Fujinami traded to Baltimore and Chapman traded to Texas. That's it. That's all we yep. had. Unless I'm missing some news. And now we've Shit. seen some rumors like the White Sox are trying to move some guys and obviously the Cardinals. But it has been an extremely, extremely quiet. And I guess we say this every year. Why do these teams wait until the last possible second to add these guys? Like we're always like, oh, who got in at the four o'clock deadline, the six o'clock deadline? If you made a move today. That's like set six or seven more games that player could contribute to your potential postseason positioning. And we say the same thing in fantasy stuff. Like why do people hoard their hoard their Fab dollars? It's like if you spend it all throughout the year, you've got impacts. You make and they can these players can help you throughout. I know a lot of guys that are big fans of just sitting there and waiting for this trade deadline. Like, okay, and especially in mono leagues. Oh, who's coming over? Who's going to do this? Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw all my money on that. Well, right now this this trade deadline shaping up to be a stinker. You know, now that could all change this time next week. All of a sudden, like the Angels go on a four game losing streak, and Otani's definitely moving. Um, you know, all of that changes. But right now, it's been extremely, extremely quiet. And the other piece of this, I don't know how you know different leagues with the trade deadline being on a Sunday night, uh, no, Monday, the Monday, yeah. is Monday. So you're looking at if something happens on the day of the deadline, you got to wait another week uh, to buy these guys. And so that's the issue. Um, you're hoping something happens on Saturday or Sunday, but you could possibly be waiting two more weeks for some of these guys to join your roster.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In- This has the potential to be a very um, bland trade season. Uh, I know there are a lot of teams that are looking for things. There's just not that many teams that are selling. Uh, You know, it really comes down to what do the White Sox want to sell and what do the Cardinals want to sell? We know teams like uh, the Royals are going to sell some pieces and uh, maybe the Pirates sell a few pieces and uh, the Nationals sell a few pieces. Oakland will sell anything that, you know, isn't nailed down to the floor. But – None of these teams, none of those, you know, kind of bottom feeder teams have anything that really moves the needle for a lot of. they bad, uh, yeah, exactly. bad for a
1: reason. Yeah, exactly. For a reason.
0: And most of them, I mean, what most teams need right now is either bullpen help or starting pitching, and those teams aren't strong in those those spots. So uh, I think it'll be it'll be really interesting to see if was some of these teams that uh, we thought were going to be competitive and just haven't been. Uh, like the Angels, like the Cardinals, like the White Sox, decide to sell, or if there's a team that has been competitive that goes, you know what? We may have like overperformed up until now, but we can get so much back for guys that uh, maybe we just decide to uh, kind of uh, the pun. Uh, but I don't know. It's going to be a real interesting deadline. I'm going to be on a podcast or a live uh, a live stream that day um, with Joe Rico. So, uh, definitely, uh, uh, I advise you to go follow him. So you can see that live stream Going to be a lot of, uh, industry analysts on that. And I Paul and Nick are going to be doing a live stream that I may jump yeah. into as well, uh, on that day. So, uh, if you are watching uh, things during, uh, the actual trade deadline, uh, there are going to be a number of us doing things. So definitely uh, stay tuned for that. And I would say all eyes, you're know, the t- last two teams you mentioned, the Cardinals
1: and the White Sox, that's really the, the linchpin of the trade market. When you look at the mm-hmm. arms that Chicago has available and pretty much anything in Chicago, uh, you could say the same sentence that you applied about Oakland. Anything not nailed down, Rick Hahn should be trading. Uh, yeah. Rick Hahn's probably would be trying to protect his job because to me, he's like dead man walking uh, right now. Uh, and St. Louis with Montgomery and Jordan Hicks. They've you know they've got something you mentioned, Tyler O'Neill, but those two teams are where my attention are at the moment because they can make a deal anytime right now. Uh and with the if you believe that you can get you know, Luca, you could get something out of Giolito. Uh, if you think that you could fix Lance Lynn, oh my
0: god, Lance Lynn. Mm-hmm.
1: What do you do with that guy? It's like he'll go out and shut down the White Sox and then get absolutely blasted by the twins. I have him in labor. I'm winning labor somehow, even though in memory labor, you can't bench I have to keep this guy active every week. And I do that because well, it, of the
0: But yeah, it, garbage. It, at least you haven't – like, you've been able to soak up the good with the bad. Because, like, I've had Lance Lynn on a number of teams – and like, I miss his 16 strikeout game because he, you know, and then I put him back in, he gets destroyed the next week. So, I mean, Lancelin and Michael Kopeck have been two of the most frustrating pitchers to roster this year. And I've got them a number of teams. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I'd love Kopech Lance, too. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see Lancelin anywhere else. Just like, hopefully, some team can do something with it.
1: I mean, a new location is not going to fix his issues against lefties. Uh, I mean, yeah. you look at his splits, and they're terrible. But even his most recent outing, Byron Buxton was a guy that took him deep twice. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think Sherloff had a home run. I think he allowed four home runs. Uh, But yeah, it's that's, you know,
0: again, that's where my focus is. But let's get back to the news. Uh, Yeah. Next piece on the news Uh, Edwin Diaz throwing from 150 feet on flat ground. Um, This is a really good sign. There's a chance that Edwin Diaz could be back for the last month of the season and be an impact closer for people down the stretch. Would you stash Edwin Diaz right now? Uh,
1: no, I, I need, I don't want to wait for the possibility for that because even if let's say he comes back after Labor Day, uh, realistically, maybe he gets four or five saves, maybe, uh, with that and who knows what the Mets are going to look like post trade deadline if they try to make some moves, uh, as well. So we're talking four or five. I would rather use that roster spot to try to push my strikeups uh, strike strikeups out. My strikeouts up with a starting pitcher, uh try to find something else rather than just sit back and wait for a handful of saves that may yeah. not even
0: come. Yeah, I think I think you're right on that. As much as I love the upside of Edwin Diaz and loved him coming into the season um or you know prior to the injury. Uh I just don't know how much he is actually going to pitch down the stretch. Like this may be just a matter of, Hey, we would like you to finish on a mound, but we're not necessarily thinking you're going to be like our, you know, closer every single day um, at the end of the season. And the Mets are another one of these teams, right? This is a team that, uh, we thought was going to be pretty good coming into the season. They have not been. They're probably going to be looking to sell. How many games do the Mets win in September? I think they're in a a very similar situation. The Padres, another team that has been very disappointing. Yesterday, I'm watching
1: the the Mets and and Red Sox. Mets get bases loaded, nobody out, and nobody scored. Bases loaded, nobody out, and they got that on a gift. It should have been a ground ball double play to Justin Turner, who now has that sweet second base eligibility in one-game league, right? uh and he let it go right through his legs and so it's bases loaded nobody out and i want to say alonzo popped up and then somebody grounds into a double play yeah like, that's so Mets, but they still end up winning the game but they could have blown uh, it they could have
0: blown it wide open uh, merrill kelly's gonna uh, potentially be returning uh this week versus the cardinals how excited are you to get merrill kelly back in the lineups
1: very. He's one of my pitchers on one of those aforementioned first and second place teams. And I need him. Uh, I, I'm, In fact, I have him in a D.C., so my pitching options are very limited between injuries. You know, obviously you can't add anybody uh, in season, so I need him back. And I, I think I've been streaming a middle reliever only because all my other guys are hurt uh, or optioned out of the minor. So I need Kelly back in, in a big way. And and coming back against the, against the Cardinals is a, is a nice landing uh, landing spot for him. Kelly's pitched very well uh, this year. Maybe outperformed his uh, his expected numbers, but he's he's getting the job done. And I've been very happy with the return on investment for Merrill Kelly.
0: And the Diamondbacks need him back, back uh, desperately as well. They're uh, four games behind the Dodgers for first place in that division, tied with the Giants. But their pitching has been atrocious this year, outside of pretty much Zach Gallen and uh, Merrill Kelly. So getting Merrill Kelly back huge they're going to be another team that is likely looking for pitching at the uh, the deadline as well uh speaking of the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, Gabriel Moreno going to the IL uh it looks like he's going to be out uh some time which means Carson Kelly's going to get more playing time do we care about Carson Kelly at all I don't care
1: about Carson Kelly I care about Gabriel Moreno not being behind the plate I mean we've talked about it on this uh, on this podcast he's one of the reasons why Arizona has done so well with some of their other things. I mean, You mentioned earlier, Gallen and Kelly have been good at pitching. The rest of it's been a disaster. Well, Moreno's ability to control the running game uh, from behind the plate has been one of the factors in Arizona's success this year. So with him not behind the plate, that's an issue uh, for me. So I want to see how that impacts some of the the rest of the pitching staff with Moreno's throwing ability not behind the plate to control the running game, which, by the way, is still running wild. When I looked at numbers the other day, We're on pace to have a 40.4% increase in stolen bases this year. Not attempts, stolen bases, 40.4% increase. This will be a big topic of conversation at First Pitch Arizona. Just saying. I've already put in a presentation (laughs) that I want to give this year.
0: (laughs) Speaking of which, (laughs) I'm going to be at First Pitch Arizona. I did not think I was going to go. We've decided to move up our Disneyland trip uh, in part, uh, so that way uh, Danielle and I are you I making it one big road trip? Are you going to go to Disneyland and then come down, or no? That was uh, that was one of the thought processes that we were we were potentially thinking about, which was like, hey, just go straight from Disneyland to uh, to Arizona. But uh, no, we we moved up the Disneyland trip uh, a week or two, uh, and um, and that will allow Danielle and I to come into uh, first pitch Arizona for uh, for the full weekend. So fantastic. Uh, it's, if you have never been, if you have always thought about going, definitely go. It is uh, a fantastic. I think they still have early bird pricing right now. Uh, yeah, up until the end, well the end of the month. Yeah, so get in on that uh before the prices go up. I cannot stress just how fun and valuable of a resource and a weekend that is. It is one of my favorite weekends of the year. So uh, It's so
1: great I'm going in a day earlier this year. I'm I'm flying in on the 1st uh, cuz you know like every year somebody like Shelly, is always posting pictures of her hike, and I'm like, man, this year I'm going out early. I'm gonna, you know, go do a hike somewhere in, in the area. But I'm flying out a day early, uh, and then coming in. So uh, Craig, Craig, Cazalino, and Gilroy, we're all renting a place. We got an Airbnb like right down the street from the hotel uh, because we like to have fun. Can't always do things at the hotel, so we're staying right around the corner. This place has got a pool, so we're like, yeah, it's got a basketball goal hanging out of the pool. So uh, maybe that's how we'll enjoy nights as long as the neighbors don't care. Uh, so we got a place right around the corner, but yeah, it is the one weekend I, I clear the calendar for. It's like non-negotiable. We're we're going to this trip, uh, and so I'm looking forward to it. And uh, we'll see what what else we get to present on. Uh, so yeah, definitely sign up. Go do that. And uh, mm-hmm. look forward to seeing uh, more listeners every year. Somebody walks up and says, hey, you know, listen, long time listener, first time coming here. And I hope to meet a few more of y'all this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, everybody's really, really approachable. Uh, I mean, we all hang out, uh, you know, looking forward to watching baseball playoffs uh, during that time as well. So uh, definitely uh, come hang out uh, and we'll be doing our live podcast as we do every year. Oh, we'll see epic. who Lee <laughs> jumps in this year. Will it be Eno? Will it be somebody else? It'll probably be Eno. Uh- <laughs> It'll probably be Eno again. <laughs> All right. Mason Miller, uh, he's pitching on flat ground. Do we care? Uh,
1: I want to. Uh, the good news is, is that this is actually like positive news. Like you think about Lance Painter. Oh, he's not going to have surgery. Oh, he's going to have surgery. Uh, Amy- Ratt- Andrew Painter. Andrew Painter. Sorry. Why do I say Lance? Uh, but it's like, then you get to uh, remember Rasmussen was okay. Then he's having surgery. Then it's like, so, so the news with a pitcher at least going from flat ground, it's positive. Like if anything, if Oakland was going to do something, they may have already done it by now. So the fact that they haven't done that yet with Miller, I would say that's why I care. Uh, you know, I have him. And let's think, let's think about it. If the news was worse, then go ahead and cut him because he's going to miss. At this point, if something happens, he's out all of next year as well. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in one of these, like I have Miller in my local AL only league and I've kept him, I have him at $2 and he's going to be a B contract next year for me. Uh, and so I've, I've kept him this entire time. I've actually tried trading him and nobody wants to touch him, even though the news has uh, been a little better. But you know, even if he were a $2 B contract, if he's going to miss out all of next year, then you okay? Now we go to the option year, and now we're talking about a seven dollar contract for a team that's still going to be really bad. Do I want to keep him? Type of thing. So I would just say we only care because the news the news is not negative at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I have very little hopes for him rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, for me, it's definitely a long term kind of keeper guy. Uh, but even then, like, I just don't know if he's ever going to be able to throw the type of innings you need from him. Uh, to be a valuable starter plus still in oakland on a bad team that team's not getting better anytime soon. um all right yeah that a few years that team's competitive again that is uh all the uh the news we have for uh today uh let's move into fab uh and we're gonna start with christian andcarcia strand uh he's only probably available in nfbc leagues right uh that he wasn't yeah. drafted in but Wanted to mention it for those of you who are in NFBC. Uh, how much of your remaining fab would you spend on Incarcio Strand if you needed power? If I at this point, if I if I have a big need, I'm spending. and we you know
1: if we compare this to earlier when we talk about the trade deadline and what could happen, most of the trade deadline has been focused on pitching. Uh, you know, if mm-hmm. we talk, you mentioned Tyler O'Neill. Okay, that's one power bat that could be available. But if you're holding off for like a change in scenery, like hey ton is going to go here and I'm going to just, I'm buying all that in. I'd rather take my chances here. I would just say, you know, as something overall here, uh, you know, to plug my friend Rob McCabe, he's done a lot of stuff on free agent bidding efficiency, and he was recently on the Baseball HQ radio podcast, the most recent episode with Patrick Davitt. And so you, you guys should go take a, a listen to that if you haven't already. Uh, that's something I, I actually interviewed Rob. He's the commissioner of, of two of my local leagues. Uh, and I interviewed him about six, seven weeks ago for a RotoWire column. But you should go check out that listen this week, and he talks about this um, with that. But, you know, that said – with him, if I have a need, if I have a need for and um, power and strength, I'd rather be aggressive here and then waiting out to see how the tread line, the, the trade deadline dust settles. Because again, it could be two weeks before I get an impact on a change of scenery guy. So give me, give me this for two uh, for the next two weeks versus waiting for something else. So I want to be aggressive. That said, I don't have too much in my fad, my NFBC fab leagues. I'm like, uh, two hundred dollars left overall, and I don't want to blow <laughs> that, it all. Two hundred dollars isn't.
0: Okay. $200 really? isn't bad. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I'm, uh, I know in my main event league, um, I have $143 left and I've got the third highest amount of, uh, money, right? And so, like, uh, 100, 200 bucks in an NFC league still left is pretty good. I and will caution- remind me
1: where you can check that?
0: uh you're if you go to the free agent uh list you can uh there's a little toggle screen that's right yeah i I always forget where let's
1: see my teams my roster bids okay so i'll so in my online championship league i have two hundred and twenty one dollars left and that's putting me uh right in the middle of the pack uh somebody's got four dollars left so that's my oc and then in tgfbi I am and these are my only these are my only leagues uh for that I am in the bottom half somebody in my TGFBI by the way has not spent a single dollar we're at $1000 uh but then we have people in the 700s 400s 300s and then I'm at 212 so I've I've done a good pace of uh, of that uh, by the way the guy that has not spent a single dollar in fab um, is also um Oh, he has let's see he is uh seventh in the standings for a league so he either has actually the best not ever bad ever yeah. <laughs> he's, he's actually seventh that has not spent a dime uh of of free agent stuff so and he's done really well in the pitching side he is uh ranked fourth in the pitching side the hitting side not so much uh but so that's where i am so it's it's interesting to hear how the main event Just from what I've listened to, I know a lot of folks are super aggressive, and in TGFBI and OC, I've seen – OC's have been the wild, like the Wild West. Rob was talking about that the other day. Um, And TGFBI, I I found in tracking the bids, the folks that are bidding have been very – I'm going to say balanced. Uh, there have been a couple of people that have been super aggressive, but there are also people who have been very conservative. But the bids of late have been very competitive. I've won or lost a few bids by like $2 lately.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I know in the majority of my leagues, uh, you know, TGFBI is kind of a, its own animal because there are so many people that kind of uh, stop paying attention fairly early. Um, but uh, in the majority of my leagues, uh, yeah, I mean, people don't have a ton of money left. That being said, like I am with you in terms of, you know, if you need power and, you know, Incarcio strand is available. Like you should be being as aggressive as possible. Keeping in mind, you want to leave yourself at least $50 for the last two months of the season. So if you only have 150 bucks, don't go over hundred bucks. Like it's just, uh, you know, you would, I think you would rather miss out on a guy like strand, then be completely hamstrung for the last two months, especially if you are still competing in an overall contest. I know a lot of people, this is a time where you go, hey, uh, I might be able to win my league or cash in my league, but I'm probably not winning the overall. And you can really start to kind of cater to, uh, you know, your, your specific league needs. But if you're still competing for an overall, you do. I mean, I know Bob Cramontola won it without having money halfway through of August last year. But and he won and the that, overall
1: without winning his league.
0: Yeah. that Those are aberrations. Those are absolute <laughs> aberrations. Um, you know, congrats to Bob. Super cool guy. I got to hang out with him in Vegas this year. Uh, but like most people aren't going to be able to repeat either of those things, much less have both of those things happen in a season. So. Don't run out of money uh if you, you know, before set, you know, mid-September at at the at the earliest. So uh next guy on the docket is Hori Polanco he's come back from the IL. Uh he's gonna be available in a number of leagues where people uh dropped him. Are you interested in picking up Hori Polanco?
1: Yeah. He's gonna be in the lineup, uh, <laughs> and we know what he's capable of doing. I just I'm the uh, the lack of excitement in my voice is like when's the next injury going to happen like every time he comes back something else goes wrong and that's have a, have a backup plan like if whoever you've been using uh don't cut make sure you have somebody on your on your reserve list that you could put in place because every time he restarts something it,
0: something else goes wrong and it's just kind of frustrating i'm interested to see what exactly minnesota does here because uh, I mean, obviously Correa is going to be playing short. And so Polanco's, you know, job is going to be back at second, but Edward Julian's been playing fairly well. Yes, he uh, has been. <laughs> and maybe it becomes a platoon situation with Julian getting the strong side and Polanco kind of getting the weak side. Uh, but that means that Polanco's not playing every day, which is kind of not what you expect. Um I I would be – I'm a little bit more tepid on, on Polanco than I think other people will be. I just – I wonder where the playing time is going to come from. You know, unless they're going to move – I don't even know what they would do because Buxton has to DH and Kirloff is playing first. Um, I don't think they're moving either into the outfield. Uh, so unless somebody can – get, I don't know if Polanco could play third base, but Willie Castro has played very well. I think this is going to turn into a little bit of a mess in Minnesota. Um, and so the only guy running in that, <laughs> you yeah, know, Willie Castro's got the yeah. steals for them. It's like, <laughs> where did mm-hmm. that come from? I don't, he's, he's been fantastic. What, I mean, what a great, yes. uh, pick up off the wire. Um, Sal Freelick. people have been waiting on Sal Freelick for like two seasons. He's finally here, had a great <laughs> debut with an amazing catch, a couple hits, uh, how or what are your thoughts on Sal Freelick rest of the way, um, and how aggressive would you be on him and Fab? I took him in a thirty-six round of one of my
1: DCs, so I have already got him in my lineup. It's like <laughs> put him in; he's he's in. Uh, you know, it looked obviously the what you're looking for with him is run steals and average. Uh, that's what you're expecting to see, and and the approach last night. You know, the plays defensively. What he did at the plate offensively did, certainly didn't look overmatched, uh, and at a you know against a, a really good team. So I, it, it depends on needs again. If I have you know, most of the leagues where I'm hurting right now in the standings, it's power, and so I, real, it's not going to move the needle for me. And so uh, I'm looking at other places where I could use a BP, where I could use some steals, some average. That's where I'd, I'd like it. But I would expect him to remain
0: in the lineup until he plays his way out of it. Yeah. I mean I think he's gonna play every day. If you need batting average, if you need stolen bases, I think he's the guy gonna not much power to speak of. Uh, but he does have a double digit walk rate uh through you know, most throughout most of the minor leagues. Uh we know he can run uh and it looks like he's gonna play pretty darn regularly. Uh and uh, you know he batted six in the lineup uh in his debut, but I think he could push his way towards the top and if then if he's hitting in front of some of those bigger bats in that Milwaukee uh, lineup that uh could be really really interesting. Yeah, if exactly. you need stolen bases, I think that's the guy you go in for this week. So, um uh CJ Abrams now he, in deeper those of you playing deeper leagues, he's going to be rostered already. But those of you playing 10 and 12 team leagues, he's been one of the most picked up guys uh, in shallower leagues, because he's been on fire. Any interest in grabbing CJA rims, or is this hot streak destined to kind of go cold? I mean, if you need steals, same kind of thing
1: uh, with that. If you're looking for speed, and you know he's going to play every single day, there's no playing time in danger, so you let it ride out. Play it on a week by week basis and see what happens. Put him in this week and see if he continues to run. Uh, I don't. I have not looked at their schedule this week to see if the if it's a favorable running matchup. Uh, so I'm going to take a look at that real quick here uh, and see what they've got coming up. But, you know, it, again, if you're looking for speed, you, you got to start playing the matchups with everything and go from there. So they got the Rockies uh, and they have the Mets. Those are good conditions. Good, not great, good conditions to run. So, yes, I would take at least the start, uh, the, the start with him this week and see how that plays out.
0: I love I love C.J. Abrams. If, I mean, yeah, you love them all. Any, you them all. Off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I I thought he was a guy that could do exactly what he's done, which is hit double digit home runs and steal twenty bases. We still have two months left in the season. He's going to even surpass what I thought he was going to be able to do. That being said, like this current hot streak is not necessarily who he is, and he is an extremely aggressive hitter. I mean, he walks under five percent of the time. Uh, you know, and so like they're going to be hot streaks and they're going to be cold streaks, and you kind of got to be able to set and forget it. Uh, Those of you who are in head-to-head leagues that, you know, have playoffs, this isn't the guy I tend to love in those kind of formats because he could go cold for your entire postseason and all of a sudden you're kind of screwed uh, at that spot. So in Roto, love him because he's one of those guys you look at the stat line at the end of the year and you go, Man, that was a damn good year, especially where I got him in drafts or off of the wire. So is he available in Roto Leagues, definitely picking him up. If he's available in head-to-head Leagues, if you pick him up, be very, very careful the rest of the way because uh, there could definitely be uh, a huge slowdown coming at some point because of just sure. kind of overly aggressive uh, approach. Uh, Cade Marlowe is a guy that uh, Paul and I talked about briefly uh, on I think Friday's episode, he's the replacement for Jared Kelnick because Kelnick's dumb and kicked a cooler. He's going to be out. You can't, at least you can't three... see the sign over Justin's shoulder if you're, yeah. if you're not, if you're only listening if he's got a sign that says mm-hmm. Don't kick coolers. Love it. Yes. Uh, uh I believe they said that Kelnick's going to be in a boot for three to six weeks, ostensibly meaning his season is over. He's done. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I don't think he's coming back. If he does, it's going to be for the last couple of weeks of the season. You can drop Jared Kelnick, but you have any interest in Marlowe? Uh, I do if I need speed. Uh, if you look at his minor league track
1: record, loves to run. And he, I think he was 25 to 29 down in AAA th- uh, this year, and there was a chance he could have made the opening day roster, but he had an oblique injury uh, in the middle of camp, and that pushed him out. But if I need speed, yes.
0: Yeah, I'm less interested, I think, this is probably a short-term pickup because I think the uh, Mariners will likely add an outfielder at the deadline. They'd already talked to the Mets about uh, potentially uh, picking up – oh, God, what's his name that used to be on the A's that's on the Mets and plays part-time. Yeah, they're talking about Cana. I think he, they would be a great fit for Tyler O'Neill if O'Neill does end up getting moved or uh, you know, one of these other teams that are looking to sell – uh, kind of a, a cheaper outfielder. I think the Mar the Mariners um, could add someone. So I think this is probably a short-term move, and then he goes into being either back in the minor leagues or kind of a guy off the bench. But he is kind of, I think, the consolation prize to Sal Freelick. Freelick, I think, is the number one guy if he needs speed, and then Marlowe is kind of the backup bid uh, for, for those of you who putting in multiple bids. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu is returning. Going to join the Blue Jays on Monday. So he, this is an interesting pickup. I don't know what to expect from Ryu. Would you be uh, taking a shot and picking him up? Uh, that's That kind of sums it up for me.
1: Uh, you know, my concern mm-hmm. with Toronto is like you look yesterday uh, and they lost a the game 9-8. They were winning 7-4. Weird, you know. Kevin Gossman uh, had a flashback to his old days. Gave up four solo homers. Uh and it was but still looked like he was on in shape to get the win. And then the the back end of the bullpen, thanks, Nate Pearson. Love that ratio line. Uh blew it <laughs> late. And, and that really hurt my ale labor. Uh, because I had a bad, I had some bad pitching lines yesterday, some really bad pitching lines. Uh, and that was hurting. So when I look at Hung Jin Ru, if he's gonna make it back this week, they've got uh the um uh, Blue Jays have Three games in uh, Chavez-Ravine, and then they have three games home against the Angels. Why not just – who made that schedule? Why not just play both teams while you're out there? Uh So they've got – that's what their schedule is. So if he's facing his old team, God no. Uh, I don't know which day he's going to pitch, but right now the way I'm looking at this, there's a good chance he's got the Wednesday game, uh the getaway game against the Dodgers. No, I don't want him this week.
0: Yeah, I – I this is a guy that if you're picking up, you're probably not playing right away. He has looked good in his minor league rehab uh, work, 18 innings only given up uh, four earned run, but three of those earned runs or home runs. And so you do have to wonder like how good the command and control is coming off the injury. Uh, I think this is a deep league spec play and, uh, I don't even know if he's technically hundred percent even in the rotation it's moving forward. Only
1: 13 so. months. It's only thirteen months post TJ too. You guys know yeah. my track record on that. Let somebody else enjoy that. Let somebody yeah, else I'll, say, I'll,
0: Ooh. <laughs>
1: nope.
0: I'll be much more interested in him coming into next season than I am gonna be uh, this season. So uh, uh I, mean, make, I think he'll, he'll, he turns thirty-seven in next season. Thirty seven. But he's gonna be cheap. I mean, I don't care how well he pitches. Oh, he's he'll gonna be dollar-day pitcher. Day. He'll be Two dollars, yeah, exactly. but
1: thirty-seven dollars.
0: Ooh, at thirty-seven years old, I, I just doesn't feel like he's been around that long. But there he is. Well, I mean, he came in late too, right? Like, I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. He came in the major leagues late. So um, here's a better question. Here's a yeah. better question with Hung Jin Maru.
1: Where is he pitching next year? Remember, he's a free agent after this season.
0: Uh, that's a really, really – there'll be somebody that gives him a one-year deal. I mean, I just – I mean, unless he wants to go back, you know – I think his coming pitch. back
1: now. He's like, hey, I got a show I could actually pitch so I could get some kind mm-hmm. of contract. But he's in the last year
0: of his four-year deal. Somebody, I mean, somebody would give him a few million dollars for for a year just to see, you know, especially a rebuilding team to try Oakland. to flip him at the deadline. Yeah, exactly. Oakland. Perfect kind of, perfect <laughs> kind of guy for Oakland. Uh, Brandon Fat is back. Um, he is going to be uh, in in the Dembacks rotation for at least a week. Who knows how much longer? Any interest in picking up top prospect who has really struggled at major league level, Brandon nope. Fat? Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no, uh again in the context of the
1: leagues that I am uh 1000% uh, focused on right now, I can't afford to take that
0: risk. Yeah, I just it's way too big of a risk, I think. He he's just been I you know, I still think he is a guy that maybe like in a dynasty league you try to buy low on right now uh because I think the talent is there, but the command and control has been a real issue, especially the command has been a real issue for him. Um he's going to be pitching home versus Seattle on Saturday. I, I I mean, I think there's still a chance that he doesn't make that start. Like if the, if the Dimebags who are in need of starting pitching, add someone before the deadline, if they add someone on Friday, then he may not even start. He may go back right back down. So I think it's just or kind it of a risky proposition. Or it could
1: be part of the trade. Yeah. trade depending on who the thing is. Uh yeah, they if, if with their if they have postseason aspirations, they absolutely have to find another piece. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. All right. So not interested in Brandon Father. What about Chase Silseth, who has been uh pitching fairly well uh in his return? Any interest in Silseth? Uh yeah, I
1: have him in uh I have him in one of those DCs. He was on my bench this week. That sucked uh so yes i have some interest in so i the fact that i drafted him in a dc shows the interest that i had uh in him prior to the season he does have a start this week at detroit so that's a nice matchup so if you are in the condition where you are trying to stream your pitchers and you're trying to cover a spot this is a good matchup uh now i've seen detroit put some hurting on some other pitchers out of nowhere uh and this would be a uh Looks like a getaway game because they're on the the Angels are on that, that aforementioned road trip. They're going to Toronto and they have Detroit and Toronto, which is always nice. You just take the bus across the border if you want mm-hmm. uh, to go on that lines. But that could be a getaway game on that Thursday day game. And uh, so fingers crossed doesn't get right out or anything. That ball may be flying a little more because it's a day game uh, in Detroit. But yeah, it's Detroit. Uh, and if you can't start a guy against Detroit, why are you even interested?
0: Sorry, Paul. As as the Tigers are uh, starting to put a hurt on Musgrove, uh, two two earned runs already in the. Uh, oh, see, I love that. I, 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 I forgot to put Musgrove back in my
1: lineup in one of my in one of my leagues this week. So I'm like, whew, uh, that worked.
0: <laughs> yeah, brutal for me. I need I need Musgrove to pitch well here, but uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think I mean this is I think this is a short term streaming guy, uh, in, probably in your in your deeper leagues. Uh, but uh, I think he could be uh, fairly valuable. He's getting a strikeout in an inning. He, he's definitely walking too many guys right now, but uh, I think that it's a pretty good setup at Detroit uh, for still set. So I think, you know, you use him this week, and then you kind of see how the schedule lines up for him after the trade deadline because the Angels seem like they're going to be making some sort of moves. Who knows what exactly, though?
1: Yeah, uh, and, how, and how far does he pitch into a game? Because let's not mm-hmm. forget. Before his recall, he was just working uh, long relief. And then this mm-hmm. start, this five innings against the – he almost went full six was his first start, uh, actual start of the season. And he only walked two and five and two-thirds, faced 23 batters. Yeah, I mean, it's not your father's Yankees, but it was still the Yankees. And it was yeah, – and he pitched well. And he you know, yeah. did 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 his business. Uh, yes, he gave up one home run. Oh, well, probably Stanton. It's about the only guy who's them these days.
0: 10 strikeouts while still getting a 50 per, uh, uh, over 50% ground ball rate is a pretty darn yeah. good start. So I would definitely continue to He'll roll wait him out. An Anthony Rizzo home run.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I made a trade for Anthony Rizzo in labor, and he's yet to home run a homer for my team. And we're talking, I made that trade in late May.
0: It's brutal. Oh, and Tim Anderson still has not homered yet. So,
1: yes, well, uh, a lot But, <laughs> but
0: yeah, well, we we that, that, that one we could have expected. Yeah. Uh, Logan Allen, back from uh, the minor leagues, uh, he's going to be available and uh, pick, uh, being picked up in a lot of leagues right now. Any interest in Logan Allen? Yeah, there was a good article this week uh, by Michael Bauman on, on the Fangraph site about, uh, his,
1: about um, Allen's off-speed pitch and what he's doing with it and how unique his off-speed pitch is. So I s- suggest people go read that and and take a look at and see how that is. Uh, Logan Allen, somebody that I have in one draft and hold, and my local AL league, uh, and he was somebody that I was targeting coming into the season uh, as a late round pick, and it, you know, it, it's worked out okay. At least he's he's made it. The problem I had with Logan Allen early on was that he just couldn't go deep in the games. His last couple of outings before his last uh, before his last emotion, he was just pitch inefficient. I mean, he was in the high 80s and couldn't get out of the fourth inning. Now this week he has it lining up as a two-start week. He's got the Royals and the White Sox. So yay, that could be really nice for him. Uh, but he's gotta get he's gotta be more pitch efficient. And we'll see how the you know the, the new pitch comes with him. But that's really what I'm watching for in Logan Allen is how pitch efficient he can be because you go back and look at some of those game logs. Uh it was just painful But like, oh hey, he only allowed one and run, but he went like three and two thirds. Uh so I'm looking at uh, some of those other starts, I just remember looking at it: three innings, five runs, four innings, and he had no runs, but he had all the pitches, and he struck out five guys. But it was like every guy was getting seeing six, seven pitches, and then the start on the 28th before his demotion: three and two thirds, three hits, no runs, two walks, five strikeouts. But again, the pitch inefficiency efficiency. And his most recent start was at Pittsburgh: five innings, eight strikeouts, one walk, no one run. So he has not been scored upon in his last three outings. But those are a little, again, that's a bit deceptive because he's not the most pitch-efficient guy. So I hate to beat the drum, but this is what I'm looking at for him. How many pitches is he going to throw? He threw 77 in the start against Pittsburgh, over five innings. That was great. He threw 98 and 89 in the other two, and he didn't make it out of a fourth inning in one of them. And he only did four in the previous one. So that's what you got to watch for. But with these two matchups this week,
0: Yes. Yeah, I mean, if you can't use them here, you're never going to be able to use them. And, I mean, Kansas City has been one of the worst offenses in all of baseball. Chicago, uh, the White Sox have not been a good team. And, like we talked about, could be trading guys getting worse here. Uh, in the future, somehow Gary Sanchez can't get the glove down. Uh, God damn it. Uh, give him another. Uh, Shocker. Gary t- Sanchez can't get the glove down? <laughs> what? No, uh they Tatisa gunned a guy from right field uh to home to Gary Sanchez, hit Gary Sanchez in the middle of the glove. Oh, and as he goes to swipe the tag, fucking the ball came out. Like I just <laughs> can't un- hit a guy un- right in un- the middle of the glove. Come on. Like, um unreal. Like it was an amazing throw by Tatis. Uh all right. Uh yeah, I I am I'm, I'm picking up Allen where he's available and streaming him. Uh, let's move over to some uh, closer uh, news. Kevin Ginkle taking over the closer job in Arizona. Uh, I don't know how long he holds this job for because I think the Diamondbacks are another team that could be looking for uh, added bullpen help uh, at the deadline. Uh, but how interested are you in Ginkle on the chance that he does keep the job long term? If he's If he's got the job, yeah. Uh, but
1: this would be the third different guy that has the job this season. We started out with Chafin. We went to Scott Magoo. Mm-hmm. Maguff, I forget. Magoo. Ah, mm-hmm. I should know better. Uh, I'm but Maguff.
0: We All call right, him Maguff. Magoo.
1: But- <laughs> I have I have him in a few teams. I think at least three. But this would be the third different guy uh, in four months. Uh, and so, again, if, if this club has postseason aspirations – Kevin Ginkle isn't somebody that I could say, okay, it's the ninth inning and a one run, hell, a two-run lead. Let's bring this guy in. Now, matchup wise, sure, but this is not somebody that could be a full-time closer for the rest of the way. Uh, that said, as we talked about the trade deadline market, what's out there? So this may have to be the option unless they can unless they go find an arm and say, okay, we're gonna try this, but there are not many options just hanging out there, but like unless they want to go pay the price for David Bednar, uh, who would be a year and a half because I believe Bednar's deals up up after next season. Mm -hmm. Uh, So other than that, I I don't know what they're going to do. So this could be something. So yeah, I've got interest, um, you know, as we started earlier in the podcast, talk about Edwin Diaz, like holding out for maybe that now, give me, give me what I know now versus what could potentially happen in September.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, as much as I think they probably would like to add a, a, you know, an extra bullpen arm, They've got bigger needs in the rotation, so uh, and Ginkle's pitched really, really well. Ginkle's you know, issues in the past have been walking too many guys, giving up too many home runs. He's got a stellar walk rate, a stellar home run rate. I think it's the best walk rate of his career. I think you know this is a guy you can try to bet on right now because Diamondbacks are good. They're going to be better, I think, after uh, after the trade di- deadline as well, so a uh, fair amount of saves could be coming uh, Kevin Ginkle's way. There is risk, obviously, right? They, you know, it's actually the fourth guy that because you forgot Miguel Castro, uh, closed for a quick oh, yeah, as well. <laughs> four guys so, in four months, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, they could they could easily go to the next guy or go back to one of those three guys. So, uh, if Ginkle struggles, but Ginkle's been really good. I think there's, uh, you know, a, a good amount of reason to, uh, kind of uh, continue to, to uh, take interest in him. Uh, you added Andrew Kittredge to the rundown so tell me why.
1: Uh, he is in AAA on his
0: rehab, so we're close
1: to getting him back. Uh, I'm saying we as a fantasy industry. I'm not not talking about team, but we're close to getting him back. Uh, with, so he's on a rehab assignment. he's now in week two of that. so next week would be him. so i bring him up only as, as a stash possibility because the end of the bullpen has been a lot of Adam and a lot of Fairbanks. But Kittredge has been there, done that. So he should be entering some good leverage situations once he comes back. Uh, and so if you're in a deep 15-team format, you're in a mono league. I'm just bringing that up is if you can potentially, if your rules allow you to pick him up and stash, then do that. Otherwise, put him on your watch list so you don't rem- you don't forget to try to do a late dart next week when he should be called up towards the end of next week uh, with
0: that. So that's the only reason I wanted to bring him up. There you go. All right, that's gonna wrap us up for this episode, uh, Jason. Why you remind everybody we reached on social media and then plug anything you got going on? So uh, going on wise, it's it's obviously
1: a great week because Dan Snyder's gone. Goodbye, piece of crap. Oh, uh, so I know you're as uh, happy about that as I yeah, am. But.
0: I I mean I I've been smiling year to year. for those for those who don't know. Both Jason and I uh, are lifelong uh, DC uh football fans and um dance lighter has been the scourge of our existence for i was walking around my
1: commanders my commander's hat and shorts and Mm -hmm. i was actually in dc this week i had to go up for a funeral service on tuesday uh and just like this there wasn't any not even a dark cloud over the city anymore it was like gone i was like wow this is like wow this is great so I'm actually looking forward to that part of the uh, that per season but you know right now working on stuff yesterday I tweeted uh, you know some numbers about the the run environment I looked at last year uh, and 14.1% of base runners scored uh, last year this year it's 14.6 so that's a 4% improvement. I know it's a 0.5 percentage points but we're talking about a 4% improvement in run scoring and I, I put a chart out yesterday showing hey here's how your favorite team is doing compared to last year like at the top of that list it's the Rangers Rangers are plating 18 percent of their base runners and near the bottom of the list the, the worst is Oakland uh, but the second worst team uh, in decline this year is Toronto Toronto is just one of the worst teams in driving and running. It's been a problem all year. I remember looking at this two years ago. Uh, And so you can go take a look at that chart, but that's where if we go back and look at like fantasy disappointments, there's going to be a lot of Toronto Blue Jays on that list because the potential, we got so excited. Oh, they're changing the dimensions of the park. They're moving this in. It's going to be more runs, all this. It's been like the exact opposite. Now I think Guerrero has got what two home runs at home this year. And, Just the amount of runners this team has been stranding and it has not gotten any better over the course of the season. So I only bring this up to say, um, you know, that part sucks, but then maybe it's going to pull down some of the pricing on those Toronto players for this offseason season. And, you know, what comes down like that can go back up next year. And then it's like, oh, hey, now I can get Bichette for under $30 instead of having to pay that market premium. So I just I like to look at these things this year to try to get an advanced start of what the marketplace could look like. Because after all, first pitch Arizona, we're going to have at least one draft. You know, A lot of people in there. I have XFL. And so it's like I have that draft to do and I have got to get ready for the draft.
0: Yeah, I, I tell myself every year I'm not going to do the, the uh, Arizona Fall League draft, and then every year I end up doing it. So uh, I've got my first draft of the season uh, coming up here in uh, about two weeks, so I've got to get my ranks done for that. So um, we'll, we'll uh, definitely be hitting you up for some information on some of those Toronto guys. Uh, you can reach me <laughs> on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB, um, uh, you can read all my work over on Fangraphs and Fantasy Pros, and then obviously this podcast and the Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast, which has gone a little dormant recently because uh, uh my co host has had some um technical issues with the computer. So, we'll hopefully be back on Monday and discussing all the happenings from the trade deadline. So, uh, for Jason, myself, oh actually. Because uh, this is next week. Hopefully, we're we'll back this week before the trade deadline. Uh, for Chase and myself, thank you for listening. Have a fantastic baseball season.
1: Thanks, guys.